Hello, hello, and welcome once again. It is I Am Live, and we're continuing with doing our business questions uh, or business interviews. Remember that we are still running the Pitch Your Business uh, competition, where a lot of young entrepreneurs will be going through some training programs to help them learn and understand how they can pitch their business better. Some of you may have already heard some of those interviews where we discuss the business model canvas quite honestly a change in my life. So today we're going to be talking about um, focusing on social entrepreneurship, more a specific organization called Pop-Up. And joining me in studio today is Emil Robenheimer, and he's going to be basically letting us know what exactly does Pop-Up do. Um, I've been there and they've been working with Radio Pulpit for quite some time now. Um, so there's a lot of relationship between Radio Pulpit and Pop-Up. And now I am youth as well so how are you doing Emil? yeah given brilliant um thank you for having me on the show awesome awesome so uh tell us a little bit about yourself Emil. what do you do with pop-up yeah so maybe just a short introduction yeah i am currently the ceo at pop-up okay so awesome i come from a from a business background i felt a calling on my on my life and mm -hmm. i received the opportunity and i absolutely love it uh, i love doing the work at pop-up if there's one thing I don't want God to do is call me into business. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that he did. So I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always nice when God calls you into something that you feel like you're naturally inclined towards. Absolutely. Do you feel like being in, in business is something that you're inclined towards? Absolutely. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel a little bit inclined, but it also overwhelms me. Controlling many pieces uh, at once. Ugh. <laughs> you might be surprised how much capacity you have. I believe you. <laughs> I definitely believe you. So let's get into talking about pop-up, um, right? What is pop-up? Um, I actually have to tell you this. We were once going to an interview um, at the location that you guys have in town, CBD, at the, what's the church's name? At Burgess Park at yes. Central. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And when I was there, I was expect the idea of pop-up. I'm expecting like a pop-up venue, yes. you know, the concept. 100%. And so I bumped into this um, sort of like a van of a guy cutting hair just outside where we were having okay. the meeting. And I'm like... Is this the pop-up? Because <laughs> that was like a pop-up salon 100%. type thing. Exactly. So yeah, so please explain to us what is pop-up and uh, what, what does pop-up do? Yeah, brilliant. Uh, many people have this, this confusion about our name and we've rebranded as a result. Yeah. Um, the name is still the same, but it is in capital letters oh. because it's actually an acronym. So pop-up stands for the People Upliftment Program. Oh. And everything that we do is about addressing youth unemployment but the skills component more specifically. Mm -hmm. So everything that Pop-Up does is about saying, how do we skill our youth so that they can make a positive contribution to society? Okay, okay, I see. Um, of which, I mean, we can all agree that South Africa is in dire need of just cultivating youth in some way uh, and making sure that they're properly skilled. Um, so one of the things I want to also focus on is, because there's a number of things that you guys do. I think you run quite a comprehensive program. Um, do you only focus on young people or is it a program that also caters to others as well? Or you, it's mostly um, geared towards young youth people? So our definition for youth is from the age of 18 to the age of 35. Yeah. So it would be the political definition, I suppose. So that is generally our target market. We occasionally help people outside of that age bracket. Okay. But the majority of our focus really is in that sector, yes. And why was it important to you to focus on that age group? 
There are two main reasons given. I think the one thing that we've discovered is we we have this gap in our schooling system where a lot of youth struggle to make the leap from the basic education system into the post-schooling higher education and training system. Yeah. And they kind of get stuck mm. uh, because of uh, various reasons. And so there's a challenge in that space to say we've got all of this energy of youth, all of this potential of youth, but we don't really know where to go with it. Yes, yes. And we're confronted with the hopelessness that that uh, brings about. Yeah. And so really we've said, well, if we could address youth, then, you know, they really be, are the parents of the children that are now in early childhood development. Yeah, yeah. And we have this idea that a lot of our challenge starts at childhood malnutrition and starts at early childhood development. And mm -hmm. that puts pressure on the schooling system, which then results in, in this challenge. And we completely agree. Mm -hmm. But we believe that, that pop-up would rather focus on the parents of the children that are coming into the system rather than prioritizing ECD. There are awesome partners that are in that space, mm -hmm. but we don't want to write off a generation. I understand and completely. And so that's really where our passion mm. is. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I've, I've noticed that with a lot of organizations, they tend to have certain pillars that guide them in terms of what, are, what exactly are they trying to accomplish. Um, so I don't know if I can refer to these, uh, the three phases that you guys have as sort of like the guiding pillars of mm. what you're trying to accomplish in each individual. Uh, but I'd like you to sort of uh, just uh, describe Describe the three these three phases and also just break them down in terms of why they're so important: character, capacity, and competence. Hundred percent. Are these like the three C's? Can for we us. call them the three C's? <laughs> for us, they're the three C's. <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd like to just backtrack for a moment, if you don't mind. Given, no problem. And, and start with our vision. So, in the last year and a half, we were confronted with this idea that the quality of our life is defined by the quality of the questions we ask. And so at Pop-Up, we challenged ourselves to start asking a different question mm. and say, what do we want to see? What do we dream about? And we were really challenged with this idea of a city of wholeness, a Jerusalem. Mm. And what would that mean? What does a whole city look like? We really believe that a city is made up of the people that yeah. live in it, right? Yeah. And so if a city is to be whole, th that implies that every person in that city should be whole. Yes. But what does that mean? And for us, we've really come to the conclusion that a whole city is when every single person is treated with worth and dignity, mm. which implies that they understand their own worth and dignity. They can live with significance. So purpose, destiny, calling, whatever word you're comfortable dignity. with, it's about, mm. it's about the directionality of my life. There is a point that I am working towards that channels my energy into a particular direction. That's incredibly powerful. And then the third element is to say every person makes a positive contribution in some form or manner. Yes. If those three things are true for every person in our city, our city will be whole. Mm. And so when we think about training, we often have this idea that skills by themselves will fix the problem. Because all you need is skills because then you can make money and then everything is fine. Yes. But really that's not true. Because fundamentally, we're, we're dealing with a challenge that our entire environment is constantly telling us that we are not worthy, we are not capable, we cannot make a contribution. And that undermines our hope for the future. We have no positive future expectation. Oh. And so before we want to start with skills, we first need to address character. 
reconcile our past, make sense of our story in the context of God's opinion over our life. Ooh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. Then discover his value over my life. Not what I've been hearing or what my environment's been telling me, mm. but what his truth is. And that puts me in the position to start crafting a future with God, to dream with God, to stir that hope inside me. Mm. That allows me as a learner to engage with my training much more purposefully. But we need to increase the capacity, right? So we need to address some of the literacy, some of the numeracy gaps that might have happened as a result of schooling experience. Yeah. Because some people just have a backlog and it's not their fault. Mm. And we do that in an environment that addresses the the causes of that in the first place. The big classroom sizes, the teachers not being able to pick up on individuals' needs and saying, well, let's restore the worth and dignity because you're you're worth that. Exactly. Computer skills has become so critical to... Everything to hospitality. If you want a waiter, you need to be able to use a computer. If you exactly. want to be uh, someone who works at, at a toll, you need to be able to use a computer. So literally everybody must be able to use that. And so that's part of our, our capacity building phase. And then finally, we go into competence. So more technical skills, business skills, technical skills, soft skills, workplace relevant skills that yeah. ultimately would secure some form of work or the ability to make a positive contribution. And that's why we string those three C's together very intentionally. Sure. I'm just thinking how amazing it would be if schools were that holistic in, in developing kids, like just not just focusing on get the mark, yeah. but, you know, building of character. Oh my goodness. Like that is very, very holistic. So I'm guessing um, you focus on these in that order. First character, then capacity, then competence. 100%. All right. Then following those, uh, you move into the three channels. Now these um, these I find very interesting. Um, you then move into, um, so I'm guessing after a person then completes the character, capacity, then competence, then a person moves into advanced skills, job placement, and entrepreneurship. Um, um, it's 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 uh, I don't know in what order you're going to discuss these, but often when a, a person hears job placement, they often think, ah, these are empty promises. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So can you touch on those and how you guys, what is your approach towards them? 100%. So I think we'll start with advanced skills. Fundamentally, what Pop-Up's role is in this position is to say, how do we bridge the gap? between the basic education system and the post-schooling education system. That's a great system, by yes, the way. Yeah. And there's a lot of private providers in that space. Mm. And all we're doing is we're saying, how do we give access to the youth that currently cannot access that system? Mm. And to put a number to that, that's about 9.7 million people in our country today. Sure. So we have youth that do not have the levels of education they need to be able to access further education and training. And we're there to stand in that gap, to say there's a systemic challenge that mm. needs intervention. Mm. And Pop-Up plays that role. Once we've brought you back up to that level, there is such a smorgasbord of options that you can engage with from an advanced skills perspective. And we've placed you in that position to go do that. So that's how we think about advanced skills. And you've hopefully now discovered purpose and passion and direction in your life. And you know kind of where you want to go with that. Yeah. And, and there's options available to you. And we partner with institutions in those spaces as well to make very clear pathways available. The next one is job placement. So I can give you the statistics. We don't okay. place everybody, mm -hmm. although we would like to, and we yeah. are working towards that. Yeah. Currently, internally, we are able to place about 23% of our learner base okay. by our own placement office. So that could be learnerships, internships, 
full-time jobs. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in that space. Mm -hmm. But currently, that only really is about 23% of our learner base. And we're working very hard to improve that. Mm -hmm. But we do believe in empowering the individual. There's this beautiful verse in Isaiah 61 Mm -hmm. where Jesus starts he actually reads that in one of his synagogue sessions where where he says the spirit of the lord is upon me and he has anointed me and and he covers kind of verse one yeah and it was really interesting to us as an organization that that's where jesus stopped because it almost implies that this is what jesus did yes and the rest he's leaving for us yes yes and he and and the rest of the verse in isaiah speaks to three things it says to give them a crown uh, of glory instead of ashes which refers to the restoration of identity. Yeah. To give them the oil of joy instead of mourning, which actually refers to the oil of the Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit, says mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. The empowerment to make a contribution because we don't do it by our own effort. Yeah. And finally, to give them the cloak of joy, which almost refers to like Joseph's technicolor dream coat. It's a gifting. It's a, it's a calling. It's that idea. So if we restore identity and empower you with the Holy Spirit and help you to discover God's opinion and gifting over your life, then they will be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting Mm. of the Lord that he may be glorified. And then it makes this incredible leap. It says, and they will restore the ancient ruins, the desolations of many generations. They become the city changers. And so there is an idea in helping you discover your worth and dignity also helps you to empower you to do you. Yes. So we are not here to do everything on your behalf because you have the gifting, you have the capability. And so there is a balance in that. And then finally, from an entrepreneurship perspective, a proportion of our students have an inclination. They've got this capacity to spot opportunities. And the question is, how do we empower them to do that? Mm-hmm. So we've done a lot of work over the last 18 months to create the structures and the funding capabilities to do that. And we're very excited. We're, we are already running entrepreneurship programs, but we're probably going to be introducing a new structure by June, July this year. Okay. It is, it is not uh, available to everybody. It's specifically for our learners who want to engage in that space. But really the dream for us is to say, how do we stimulate economic activity in outlying economic zones where mm. where historically there haven't been a lot of economic activity to say let's empower poor communities to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps oh. and let's do that in a very intentional way mm. um, and so that'll mm. be coming soon so watch the space mm. yeah no that's very very exciting um so this, these are going to be my last two right uh, the first one is a little bit off off script so i wanted you to talk a bit about the importance of social entrepreneurship in south africa mm. um and 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 what 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 impact do you see it having? Because, I mean, a lot of people, when it comes to business, we think in terms of, I want to make money. Yes. Um, I want to make sure that I make the most of it yes. and live the life that I deserve to live. Um, and I want to find out from you, what is your take on social entrepreneurship, particularly for, for believers who are called into business? Because there are some incredible people um, that God has called to handle some some just amazing portfolios out there. So what are your thoughts on that? We're off script, right? Yes, so yes. give me some leeway here. I, I have a very particular view about entrepreneurship in kingdom, and it's a question I've been grappling with for a long time. I'm not convinced that kingdom business can be separated from the king's agenda. Mm. And if God is the CEO of Kingdom Incorporated, he mandates the creation of businesses in his 
hold go. And he does that for his purposes. And I have to ask myself, if God says I own all the silver and gold, why does he create business? Mm. It's not to make money because he already has all the money. Yes. And he can move that around however he wants. He stores up the wealth for the, uh, of the unrighteous for the godly. Right. He mm. does that already. Mm. The only thing in my understanding that God is absolutely passionate about that he does not have in abundance yeah. are the hearts of people. And so I do not see a kingdom business that does not prioritize the social agenda as a full expression of God's intent for business. Hmm. A healthy tree will bear much fruit, right? Yes. Psalm yes. 1. Yeah. If it is planted by the streams of water, it will bear fruit. Definitely. So should a kingdom business make money? Of course it does. But that, yeah. that's never the objective. Yes. The objective is to be the thing that it is. Mm. And so the... To get back to the entrepreneurship question, I believe there is something profound that happens when we recognize the way, the truth, and the life. The way that Jesus makes for us is to say, present your body as a living sacrifice because this is your reasonable service and your spiritual worship. Yes. There is this idea that says, when I engage the space where I recognize that everything is not about me, mm. I actively choose not to live a self-centered existence but to love Christ in me, the hope of glory, then my focus of my business is to say, how can I make things better? Not for me, but for everybody. Yes. Yeah. And by doing that, that will ultimately make things better for me as well. But that's not the point. Oh. And so to me, social entrepreneurship as a, as a definition is, is like kingdom entrepreneurship. It should be the case. Yeah. And, yeah. and that should never preclude the making of profit. But it means that the focus is on the impact, on bringing kingdom, on, hev on bringing heaven to earth. Mm. And mm. I, I believe that starts with the posture of the, of the entrepreneur's heart. Mm. Are you looking outward or are you looking inward? Oh my goodness, I definitely hope we're able to discuss this in in depth uh, sometime in the future. But for now, I just want you to just share to the listeners, how can they connect with Pop-Up mm. and if they want to know more? Absolutely. So you're welcome to go to our website, popup.co.za, mm -hmm. or you're welcome to pop up, uh, pop into any one of our advice centers. Uh, we've, <laughs> <Pop> got, <into. laughs> we've got uh, seven centers across the country. We've got three in Pretoria. You'll find all the addresses and contact details on the website. Fantastic. That's probably the easiest way. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for just being so, you know, liberal in the way that you've shared everything. You didn't just stick to... <laughs> yeah, I love that I, I honestly hope to interview you sometime soon so we can discuss especially this entrepreneurship and being kingdom minded mm -hmm. merging those two together it's a very it's not as easy no it's not yeah to walk that path honestly anyways uh, do stay tuned we do have a lot more coming in store for you including our discussion uh, for tonight for now we're going to take a little bit of a breather and be back right after this